Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to, I think, part 28 of my Purpose of Singleness course. And today we're going to be talking about something very important. It may not be the most intriguing topic. It may not be the most attractive topic, but it's a topic that is needed for all of us to really process. And today we're going to be talking about pruning and singleness, why God or how God prunes us and how he preps us to bear the fruit that we need to. So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor as you come in, share this video to as many people as you can. And for those who are uh, watching later or listening later, for those who watch later on um uh, YouTube, Facebook, or those who's listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. I want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my online community here. I count it an honor that you will see that these resources are tools that you feel will be a blessing to you. But with that being said, I want to make sure you guys understand where you can download today's worksheet. I got a lot of, man, I got some important questions for you to process through to really help you um, really understand uh, why God prunes us, how, how is he pruning you, etc. But you can go to my website right now or my coaching website, lifework.teachable.com, find the purpose of singleness um, course, and there you'll be able to find under the pruning and singleness tab today's worksheet. And for those who are like, wow, I'm new to this guy and whatever, if you like the vibe and you like what you're getting from here, from an exegetical and a um, biblical standpoint or teaching format, make sure you go ahead and subscribe, like the page on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, um, um, check uh, me on every podcast stream. And the whole purpose of this course stem from this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? It is important for you to ask yourself the question, are you whole or full of holes? But let's get right into today's um, points and worksheet. We're going to be talking about, again, pruning and singleness. And our main text for the evening is going to be John 15, 1 through 11. And so we're going to, man, we got a lot of points to break down. So if you're watching now, share. Let's get a lot of people in this room, this chat, this live stream, so they're able to really see what is required or how God prunes us into a place of bearing fruit. Let's get to right to our notes here. And I got on the full screen so that you all can read the notes. It says, or our main thought for today's lecture is this. Pruning is necessary and God always knows what's best for us. Our main thought for today's lecture is that pruning is necessary and God always knows what's best for us. Our goal for today's talk is this, to understand and trust the pruning process of God. Our goal for tonight's lecture or this evening's lecture is to understand and trust the pruning process of God. I have three talking points that we're going to cover. I'm doing some prerequisite preliminary things, um, but we'll get to the main point soon. But the talking points is what is pruning, why pruning is important, and how to trust the pruning process. Let's get right into the problem. And for those who in the chat box on YouTube and Facebook, thank you all so much um, for watching and get your pens and papers out. If you got a printer, go ahead and download and print today's worksheet because we're going to be talking about some essential things that will really help you better understand why God must prune us and position us to bear the fruit for the family business and for the flourishing of his kingdom in this world. But the problem is this. Many believers are striving to hold on to what God wants to strip away. Unfortunately, many believers are striving to hold on to what God wants to strip away from their lives. Let's keep going. Many are falling into deep emotional and mental stress due to them not accurately interpreting their pruning season. 
Many are failing or falling into deep emotional and mental stress due to them not accurately interpreting their pruning season. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people right now are not able or spiritually mature enough to discern the season that they're in. Um, what most people feel as a demotion is actually their promotion. What people feel as God forsaking them is God actually pruning them. And a lot of people are navigating life mad at God, upset with God because they're being pruned. See, in order for you to be promoted, in order for you to meet the person that God has for you, in order for you to be and reach the platforms that he has designed for you to execute your dominion on, you have to be pruned. You have to be stripped away of things that's going to get in the way of you going down the narrow way. You see, it says that many believers are striving to hold on to, striving to hold on to their idols, striving to hold on um, to, 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 to people and things and ideals and perspectives and ways of life. And, and, and they're falling uh, into deep emotional and mental stress because they don't know how to actually interpret the season they're in. Right now, um, God is prepping you, whether you like it or not. If you're a son or daughter of God, you have to understand that he is prepping you, stripping you, pruning you, removing sinful habits, removing any and everything that's going to get in the way of you being the person you need to be. Now, let's get to some definitions real quick, and we're going to break down the word pruning, and so we can get a better understanding of what pruning is. Let's get right into the definition. The definition of pruning is to trim a tree, shrub, or bush by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. That is very important for you to understand that the definition of pruning is to trim a tree, shrub, or bush by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. The next part of the definition is to reduce the extent of something by removing unnecessary or unwarranted parts. You have to understand that in order for um, you to be prepared and strong enough to be able to manage the season that he has for you, he has to trim away. It says here in the definition that to trim a tree, shrub, a bush. And the Bible talks about that. It gives the analogy of us being trees. Uh, that's why he says, if you be a tree that's planted by the still waters or be a tree who finds its roots to the point to where their tree, their leaves don't wither. But, but pruning is essential because a lot of us got a lot of dead and overgrown branches in our life. When you look at a branch, you, you can tell that, that many people... <clears throat> Or when you look at branches that when the bush is unattended, is not attended to, then there's extra overgrowth. Or if there's poison or if there's a blockage in the root or in the vine, then there would be some dead roots. You would have one side of the bush with flowers and the other side of the bush with nothing but branches. But the reason why God prunes is so that we don't look overgrown, so that we don't look tacky, so that we don't look wacky. You know what I'm saying? So that we don't look like uh, that we have a deadness in our life. What are those areas in your life that's dead? What are those areas in your life that's overgrown? What are those overgrown branches in your life, overgrown uh, um, parts of your life, whether it's uh, uh, overgrown in the area of greed, you're overgrown in the area of lust, you're overgrown in the area of pride, that, that it started off pure that you really wanted to love the things of God and you wanted whatever, but you allowed influences, toxicity to get within your roots and cause you to be overgrown to the point to where you overblown now. And it also said it, it, to cut away dead, like, 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 what's, what's the point of carrying dead weight in life that we should be in a place where we say, God, what is dead in my life that's keeping me from bearing the, the ripe fruit that I need to bear? And my question to you is, when you look at your life, are you bearing ripe or rotten fruit? 
If someone was to eat from you, your life right now, eat from your ministry, eat from your uh, um, business or eat from whatever area of your life, would it be rotten at the core or will it be ripe? Would it be genetically modified or would it be organic? And you notice that GMO foods are always bigger than organic. So you always have to examine a person's fruit because some of the times the people that you hear before you see are overgrown. The people that over advertise under the liver are overgrown. Those who boast and brag about their accomplishments and successes are overgrown. They're genetically modified. Their, their minds have been puffed up. And, and they're seeing themselves and, or validation in the stuff that they have. But God wants us to, to be organic. He wants us to be ripe. He wants us to have a taste about us. Uh, he wants us to be organic. And that's why pruning is important. It says pruning is the cutting away of dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. So God is detailed. God is saying, listen, I know you love this. I know you may want this right now, but I got to isolate you. I got to utilize, like our friend said, rejection. I got to utilize different things for your protection. I got to do this so that you can increase in fruitfulness. I am so glad that, that, that I was afflicted, that I was challenged, that I was chastened, that I was stripped, that things was removed out of my life so that I, I can actually have the abundant life that God has promised promise those. Like, and if you want the abundant life that Christ said that we can have, we're not talking about the abundance of life in, exclusively in the categories of stuff. We're talking about in the category of enough. See, everybody can get the stuff, but if you're not made up from the enoughness of God to the point to where at this point in my disposition, I am fully connected to God. Therefore, I lack nothing. I don't care if you only got $5 in your bank account. I don't care what you have or don't have because you are anchored in God. You have access to enough. But see, everybody wants the stuff, but they don't want to be made of the stuff that's actually going to make you able to manage the external things. It is the immaterial things of God, the fruit of the spirit that enables you to handle the fruits of your life. But that's the important part that God knows, man, pruning sucks, man. It sucks when you lose friends, when you lose family, when you lose opportunities, when you lose platforms. It sucks when you feel like that you're going through your fall season and you just you had all this greenery and you was bright and you was green. And the next thing you know, you started turning yellow. Then you went from yellow to orange then orange to brown then brown to the ground. Then when you look around, you see that all you have is nothing but bare branches. And then you get upset and get offended with God and say, God, why am I am the way I am? He says, I'm preparing you to bear more fruit. I'm preparing you to be able to manage um, the fruit. And it's interesting how people want big fruit, but they don't want to be a big enough branch. You have to be strong enough as a branch in order to bear the fruit. You can't ask for a big marriage and you're a weak branch. You can't ask for a big family and you're a weak branch. You can't ask for a big opportunity or a big whatever and you're a weak branch. Therefore, God says in order for you to bear even more fruit that you're able to bear, I got to prune the branch at the level that I have predestined for you to bear the fruit at and to whom much is given and much is required. Not everybody's going to bear the same amount of fruit. So your branch might not be as, as long as mine or as, as strong as mine or mine not, might not be as strong or as long as yours. But the goal is, is that I only want to bear the fruit that he has predestined for me to bear. Therefore, you have to welcome the pruning of God, the cutting, the stripping, the, 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 the removing of the dead areas of your life and the areas of your life that's overgrown. And you got to be OK with that. But the point of this video is to help you have the perspective the ability to see, wow, that's the reason. 
That's the reason why I lost friends. That's the reason why I lost family. That's the reason why I was removed from that job. My pride was overblown. My lust was overblown. No wonder God has you single or had us single for a period of time or had us in different pockets and seasons of time because he's saying, yo, to whom much is given as much is required. If you want this big life, you got to be a big enough branch. Let's keep going. Now, uh, it also says to reduce the extent of something by removing unnecessary or unwanted parts. See, you're, we're not wise enough to determine what's necessary and warranted. Please understand. God, that's why I put in the main thought. God knows what's best for us. Only God knows what we're able to handle. We can have ambition. We can have aspirations. We can be inspired, but we are not smart enough or wise enough to determine what's necessary and warranted for us. Only God knows what's necessary. Only he knows what's warranted. Therefore, he's the one that knows I got to take her out of your life. I got to remove him out of your life because son, I have, I have foresight that your, that your eyes can't even be able to perceive. God can see at one glance your past, your present, and your future. In one glance, he can see all of you because before you was even you, he was. Even Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. So what we have to understand is, is that we have to trust his foresight. We have to trust that he knows what's best and that will help you breathe and see, I see what you're doing, God. I may not understand it, but I, but I have your peace that helps me to withstand the emotional whirlwinds that potentially a lot of us go through. Let's keep going. <clears throat> to reduce the extent of something by removing unnecessary unwarranted parts. So like I said, for clarity and teaching purposes, only God knows what's necessary and warranted. Adam had to name animals. God wasn't shocked. Like, oh, snap. I knew I forgot to make something. My bad, Adam. That's on me, bro. I'll have a wife for you in the morning. That's not what God was saying. He was saying it is no longer good for Adam to be alone anymore. But you notice that he was well able and well capable of doing his assignment without an assistant. Before you get an assistant, God gives you an assignment because your assignment makes you uh, 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 increase the, in the ability and attribute to be able to bring balance to the one that he has for you. So he knows what's necessary for your season right now. He knows what's necessary and warranted parts. And you know, I understand God's parts are more durable. Satan will bring counterfeits in your life. Satan will say, man, you did. Did God really say, man, you man, God keeping something from you. Don't you want to be a God? Don't you want to run your life? Do you not understand human beings cannot handle the weight of the divine? Like we can't handle what the divine can only do. We're not durable enough. But when you understand this principle, you'll say, God, remove and bring in whenever you want to, because I trust you. Let's keep going. Now, we are pruned for these reasons. We are pruned. I think I got my notes here. We are pruned for these reasons. We are pruned to be stripped of sinful habits, to be stripped from situations not in God's will, to be set up to produce more fruit, or in other words, to remove what's dead and dying hindrances and infections. We are pruned to be stripped of sinful habits. See, right now, every believer is positionally righteous. The, Jesus' righteousness has been imputed on us. Therefore, we there's nothing we could have done to receive salvation under our own merit. So what Christ did on the cross for us, he gave us his righteousness while we gave him, his, him our sins. So his righteousness was imputed to us, meaning that right now we are positionally righteous and we're saved from God's wrath and we're saved from hell. 
The goal is through Christ, through his spirit, is to have our righteous deeds match our righteous disposition. That the goal through sanctification is for us. See, the reason why uh, the Bible says Christ has became our sanctification is because God can talk in eternal text. God can talk in an eternal uh, position, meaning that he can say it and, and see it at the same time. And when you understand that, you will say, okay, I am positionally righteous. I am adopted into the family of God. I have been drawn to repentance and awareness that I need a savior and to confession and repentance from my sins. And so in doing that, now I am now placed in a sanctification process by which my righteous patterns can now match my righteous position. All of us need pruning. All of us right now are still being pruned or becoming aware of hidden sin sinful habits, hidden sinful dispositions, hidden sinful insights, hidden sinful thought patterns. And the Holy Spirit, when we allow him to, to fill us up by allowing and opening every door, giving him access to heal us, then he will begin to prune. Okay, you see that? Let me get to that branch right there. That's what happened to you in 96. Let me trim it off for you. So that you can think clearly. So that one that, that memory won't be a negative uh, a tool used against you. Let me move this branch and get to this dead root right here. Let me get that out of your life from what happened to you uh, two or three years ago. Right. There's always areas for us to be pruned, to be stripped of sinful habits, sinful patterns, stri also stripped from situations not in God's will. Pruning is also removing friends. Man, I know God's God. God, why you had to remove her? God, the one broke y'all up. You getting mad at God. God broke y'all up. God removed you from that job because he knew if I kept you there long enough in your immature state, your zeal, your your uh, naive, naivety, your, na your naive nature would have got you trapped in something worse or influences in that compartment was, was too mature for your level and you would have been influenced to go down the wrong path. So he also prunes by stripping people and things and opportunities out of our lives so that we can actually have the abundant life. We are pruned to be stripped of sinful habits, stripped from situations not in God's will, to be set up to produce more fruit. Let's look at that. I want you all to see the words for those taking notes. We are pruned to be stripped of sinful habits, stripped from situations not in God's will, to be set up to produce more fruit. Or in other words, remove what's dead and dying, as well as remove hindrances and infections. That is important for you to understand. Like, I welcome God. If there's any dead, dying thing, disease thing in my life, remove it. Now, let's talk about the next point here. It says pruning is not punishment. It's purification and preparation. Please understand that pruning is not punishment. People, it feels like chastening. It feels like trouble. It feels like pain, but it's actually for your gain. Good question. It says, how can... A, good, a, a viewer says, how can God remove you from a work or job? Um, oftentimes, God will ruffle the nest. Uh, if, if you're, it depends on where, how mature you are. If you at a babe level or you at the medium level of your faith where you don't really have the strength to be able to move when God says move, God will kind of ruffle the nest to the point to where you had no, you, you got actually plucked out of there. Or if you mature enough, God will say your time here is short. Prepare yourself for a transition, right? So, He'll remove you from a job by simply either offering you a better job or you uh, you get laid off or, you know what I'm saying, or something happens. And oftentimes people get into deep, dark levels of mental stress and emotional stress because they're like, man, how did I get laid off? Why did this happen? Why did this happen so abruptly? 
but he had to prune you from that. Now, the difference between pruning and bad decision, that's on that's on us individually. So, you know, you being pruned by God when you're doing good on that job, you're doing your best. You're a good steward. We're not talking about getting fired. We're talking about getting laid off. We're talking about another opportunity comes. But that's how he can remove you from a work or job or or he'll or he'll make it uh, where you just feel like uh, Elijah. I think it was Elijah. Yeah. Where, where the brook dries up. When a brook dries up and, and things start downsizing and they talking about no benefits and you just start seeing things stripped away, that could be a way of God showing you you being pruned from this job. And, and oftentimes when you make your job your source, you make your job your idol, you will hold on to it with claws. And that's why sometimes God has to do it on his own, because many of us would be like, well, God, my identity in this is a job. And God said, that's the very reason why I'm pruning you from that, because your identity is in there. Anything that has anything that determines Anything that you identify with outside of God will be the very thing he starts stripping you from. The worst pain a person will ever go through is being stripped away from their idols. In other words, being pruned from them because, oh my gosh, who am I going to be without this? Who am I going to be without this job? Who am I going to be without this person? That's why if you identify with God, it don't matter what you're stripped away from. You'd be like, that's cool. I'm straight. Because my source is in God. Like right now, it doesn't matter what is in my account. It doesn't matter what's, what's, what's around me. It don't matter what happens even at this job. It don't matter because I know my, my, my identity is in him and I have access. Okay, let's keep going for time. Second, I'm gonna get to question a little bit later, but her question pertained to the video, but I got a lot of notes and I'm already 21 minutes in, but let's keep going. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thank y'all for watching, share, get this video out. Thank y'all so much for helping me with the traction and like it. If you're watching on Facebook, like it, if you're watching on YouTube, comment, let me know what you're getting from it. Are you learning something? Let me know in the chat box. If you're learning something, those who's listening, comment, let me know what you're getting from this. But pruning, here we go. Pruning is not punishment. It's purification and preparation. Jesus became our punishment, right? So when you think about God, don't think that when he chases those whom he loves, it's not like he's telling go get the drop cord. It's not like God saying go outside and get a branch. You know what I'm saying? You know, for those who grew up with certain parents, they told you go out there and pick your switch and you pick a switch that's about uh, uh, seven inches, eight inches long. And your mama said, boy, if you don't get, if you don't go out there and get me a, a, a switch switch, Boy, don't make me go out there and pick a switch and you go out there crying because you know you're about to get that switch. And all of a sudden now your mom get three switches and plat them together. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden you think that that's punishment. Now, God says, man, Christ took that on the back for us. He took those 49, was it 49 or 39 lashes? He took all that for us. So what God is doing is training. Look at look at pruning as training. Look at pruning as prepping. And don't get me wrong, God. See, the thing about God, God doesn't have to punish us. You know why? Because sin is good at it. You know what I'm saying? God don't go out there and be like, I'm going to put cancer on you to make you learn a lesson. I'm going to strike you with this to make you learn a lesson. No, no. Sin does that by itself. God don't need God. Sin does it. He don't need to chase. He don't need to punish us and beat us. No, our own sin does that. But pruning is, is, is I know it's hurting, but healing hurts. You ever sprained your ankle and all of a sudden it swells up and you start feeling that pain? That pain is actually healing. 
So many of us, we compare uh, uh, punishment with pruning, but it's not the same. Christ took our punishment for us to prosper. Now, when I don't hear that prosper, word prosper as a, as a triggering word, when anytime you hear a coach say the word prosper, it's usually going to be talking about in life on the inside, prospering in love, joy, peace, flowing in the abundant life where you're able, because when you have more love and you operate in joy and you have more peace, you have more patience. You have more um, um, kindness. You have more goodness. You have more faithfulness. You have more gentleness. You have more self-control than everything else. Your business will naturally grow. Your ministry will naturally grow. Things will naturally grow because favor will surround you with a shield because those kind of fruits are attractive. I'm telling you, no matter where I go, every time I got the joy of the Lord glowing off of me, I'm attractive. When I, don't look at the word attractive as girls trying to holler. No, I'm talking about attractive as people just naturally drawn because joy is contagious. My joy is attractive. True, genuine love is attractive and people want the true things of God, but you can't have the fruit of God without the, you can't have the fruit of the spirit without salvation. See what I'm saying? You can have a counterfeit love, a counterfeit joy, a counterfeit, all those things are perverted in this world. But if you want to really sustain and prosper on the outside, you got to let him prune those things. Because I'm telling you, when I became when I when I was on, when my default settings was on the spiritual things of God, the fruit of the spirit, man, I became more fruitful. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and I'm not, I don't, my money ain't even a motive anymore. Ministry explosion is not a, mo a, a motive anymore. That's what happens. Let's keep going. Signs you are being pruned. Let's get to the next points. Cause I have a, I got we got to break down the text, y'all. We got to get into John 15, 1 through 11. A lot of points there. Let's get right now into uh, signs. Am I in the right? Signs you are being pruned. pruned. Signs you are being pruned. And we will get into some deep stuff. Some things that, that may pertain to you. So so let's let's get into it. Signs you're being pruned. A loss of possessions. A loss of friends a loss of family, a loss of influence, a loss of platforms, a loss of positions, a loss of jobs, a loss of affluence, a loss of relationships, a loss of opportunities and things alike. Signs you're being pruned when you're like, man, I used to have more things and I don't have them no more. I used to have more friends. I don't have them no more. Family turn on me now. Now me and my mom, me and my dad, me and my sister, me and my brother, me and my cousin, we don't talk like we used to. Uh, my influence is kind of low now. I used to be popping. This is what happened to me. I can let me get let me put, let me put myself on the screen. This happened to me back in 2008. 2008, May 1st, 2008, man. I had a concert and, and I was young and I and, and we was able to bust in some kids and we was able to have a concert. Uh, we had we had a rock band. We had rappers. We had mimers. If you go all the way back on my Facebook, if you go all the way back on my Facebook photos, or if you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, let me put the website there. If you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, and you go to the About Me page, you will see all the pictures. You will see the videos where I preached in front of my first crowd. Now, I preached because I, I took theology at ORU or Roberts University, and so I, I preached in front of people, and I read some verses when I was young, but it, this was like my first first like outreach in front of 100, 200 people. Right. And and after that moment, I, I started feeling myself. I was like, you know what? Oh, man, this is it. I don't need school. I'm straight, man. I'm going to take this around the world. People was talking about let's take uh, let's take before unplug because people know unplug. But uh, it was called Amped. And I was like, man, we're going to go around the world and we're going to we're going to have these. And the artists wanted to travel. It was all that. And then all of a sudden, 
to this day, I haven't been back to Tulsa. I have stuff still in Tulsa, but they probably threw it away by now. It was, still in, it was in stores. That thing gone. I, I couldn't even go back to get my stuff. And I lost influence. I lost it. Like I was pruned from it because God says, son, if you get caught up in this, man, you're going to lose yourself. And so that's why you can't be afraid to lose influence. Like, like if you would have told me seven years ago that I wouldn't be doing Unplugged every Thursday and I would be strictly doing Unplugged. And I know a lot of people don't really hear me talk about Unplugged much, but Unplugged is what I do. If you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, that's like my goals help people unplug from the world and plug into Christ. And I always say whatever you plugged into becomes your source. And, 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 and if you told me seven years ago that two years ago I wouldn't be doing Unplugged every Thursday, man, I would have been, man, I don't, I, whatever, I'm still going to be doing it. But now because God has pruned me and God removed that and caused me to pivot, man, that is not even it's not even anchoring in my heart anymore. But you got to be OK with losing affluence. Let's keep going. The loss of possessions, the loss of friends, the loss of family, the loss of influence, the loss of platforms, loss of possessions, loss of jobs, loss of affluence or money, loss of relationships, loss of opportunities. Except you know, you're being pruned when you start losing. <laughs> not lose, not being a loser, not losing in life. But when you begin to lose things, you're like, wow. You know, there's four seasons, fall, winter, spring and summer. Those seasons are in our lives. Fall is that season where things are being stripped away. You're going through a transition. Fall is when everything falls apart. Everything falls away. And next thing you know, you left by yourself. And all you have is branch. We talked about in yesterday's video that the reason why you have to go through your fall period is so that you can see who still wants to be there to be your friend, who still wants to be there to be your fam, who still want to be there to help you uh, 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 fulfill your purpose. But if you don't go through that fall phase, how can you be purified for the next phase? That's what winter does. People look at winter like it's cold. It has to be cold. The coldness preps the ground. The coldness purifies the soil. So you have to go from being stripped from everything to having nothing so that you can be by yourself with God in the cold. And you're like, God is cold. God is this is tough. But you have to go through it so the soil in your heart can be purified so that you can actually be free inside. You right. And, and, and when you go through that winter phase, you're like, man, everything above the soil is like, man, what's going on? Playing, man? Goodbye. I just had Louis on this summer. I just had all the J's this summer. I just had all these influence and platforms. I just had the purse. I just had all this. I, 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 they sent me an email this summer talking about they want to do this and they want to take my idea and product and they want to take my makeup line. They want to take my book and they want to do all these different things. And, and now I haven't heard from them in a while. Don't count it strange when I, I opportunities come your way. You don't hear from them in a while because God is pruning you. Do you want a hard heart, a heart with stones, a heart with uh, thorns, or do you want a heart that's ready? So when God plants that seed in your heart, that idea, that opportunity, you have enough humility, you have enough grace about you, you have enough peace about you, you have the right perspective, perspectives, where you able to say, hey, man, <laughs> like I've been there, man. I, I did some dumb stuff because of pride and arrogance and ego and, and, and abandonment issues. That I'm so glad God delayed opportunities. I don't want to be, I used to be like, man, I want a million subs, man. Cool. If it comes, it if it comes, but if it don't, it don't. I only, if God, that's why everyone has to ask themselves, are you okay if God never promoted you? 
That's why I want to make sure I interject this here. I don't want y'all to think um, that 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 uh, that uh, my goal is to make y'all um, idolize singleness or idolize success. No, no, no. You got to be OK if none of those things happen, because what if the rapture comes tomorrow and you were still single? Would you be disappointed in heaven? If you go to heaven and you disappointed because you didn't get what you want down here, that means you you didn't really love God like you should have. Like, that's where you want to get to. That's the goal of every believer to get to a place where you say, God, if you don't give me anything else, if I never get that, I'm good because I have you. If you can't say that, then pruning is either at work or is about to come to your front door, because that doesn't mean you're not going to get these things. I'm not sitting there saying, well, people are going to be like, well, I'm walking. No, we're saying you got to have the disposition to say, God, whatever your will is, I'll do. What did Jesus say in the garden of Gethsemane? He said, Father, not your will. He says, uh, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. Jesus was a realist. He's like, look, man, I ain't about to die for these people. I ain't about to shed. I don't want to. I don't really want. I don't really want to shed my blood for everybody. But he said, man, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But he said, not thy will, not my will, but thine will. Now, oh, my bad, Libby. She said, how do you know when spring comes? I got you, my bad. Thank you for bringing me on track. All right, now, winter. Winter is when the ground is purified, right? Winter is when the ground is being purified and prepped. Everything has to go through rejuvenation cycles. Even the earth does it. The earth has to get rid of things and so that new things can be brought in. We do that. The old cells get away for new cells to come in. Uh, um, new old things have to be removed so new things, that, that's the rejuvenation of life life. But when you hold that up, you start decaying as a branch. You start dying as a branch because you're not allowing the vine to bring its nutrients all the way through. Like when I sleep on my side sometime and I wake up and the arm is my arm is numb, even though my arm is not ready to be, I'm not trying to cut my arm off, but I have to loosen my arm so the circulation can go through so I can have the feeling again. But when there's blockage, man, when there's blockage, man, then, then, then that aspect, you're like, man, why is my career numb? Why is my career dead? Why is my relationships feel dead? It's because you're not allowing the flow through. I'm going too far. Uh, I got to get to those points a little bit later. Now, spring is when um, uh, uh, things are being planted. Um, things are sprouting. Winter is, man, it's cold, but then you got a different perspective. Your perspective is ready now. Your emotions are ready now. Your heart is ready now. Your your singleness is ready now. Your relationship is ready now, right? Like, like even if you meet the one, you still got to go through another pruning process. Me and my wife did that. Me and my wife, we went through the pruning process before we met each other. We went through a problem pruning process while we was dating and courting each other. And we were going through a pruning phase. We went through a pruning phase through our engagement phase. And then we're going through a pruning phase. Now, pruning never ends. So you might as well get used to it. But back to spring. My bad, Libby. Back to spring. Spring is when things just start sprouting. You're like, man, whoo, I got through. Now you start treasuring every sprout. No, 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 no. We're not going, we're going, okay, we're going to be wise this time. We're going to be smart this time, right? Because those who don't go through the process never get to summer. Summer is when you reap, is where you reap from the fruit that's been growing through the spring. So spring in your, the spring type of life is when, wow, man, opportunities are flooding back in. 
But 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 you're you as a person, you like, I don't care who's coming to the tree. I'm still keeping my roots anchored because you can be a tree. But oh, man, everybody's coming. to. Oh, OK. Everybody's coming because my fruit. Listen, be very careful, man. You got to love your roots more than you love your fruit. You got to respect your fruits before before you before you get caught up in your fruit, because as a, as you being pruned through life, your perspective change in my life. I care more about roots than I do fruit. Fruit's cool, but I care about roots. Roots sustains fruits. Fruit don't do nothing for the roots. Roots do things for the fruits. So we got to change our mindset from, okay, God, whatever branch, I'm going to try to get deeper. That's why the Bible says the spirit of God uh, the, the, the seeks the deep things of God. I want the Holy Spirit, send my roots as deep as you can, bro. Send my roots out because people want to be wide, but they don't want to be deep. And deep don't mean philosophical. We're talking about deep as far as rooted. So you got to care about your roots. And that's what the winter does. It purifies the soil. That's why I said in another video, don't count as strange when storms come because storms deepen roots. I did a video on my Mr. Ezzy YouTube channel where I talked to the kids about adversity and, and, and how to weather the storms and how storms actually forces the trees to deepen their roots. Pruning actually forces you to deepen your roots. The, the, the thorns in your side, the, the warfare, the resistance, the storms of life that comes through in winter, that came through fall, hurricane season and fall, that's coming through then is deepening your roots. So when the next storm comes, you don't budge. Last storm, you was like this. Oh, God. Last storm, God was holding you, but you was like this. You see what I'm saying? You, God, what? That's what you was doing. But when you deepen your roots, you'd be like this. The wind blows. You'd be like, boom, we here. What's up? We here. Boom. Okay, we here. See what I'm saying? But fall leads to winter. Winter turns into spring where opportunities are coming, but you're made of the right stuff to be able to manage the stuff. And then summer is when you're like cashing in. Summer is where like you eating the fruit off of your labor. But but be wise with it because you got to reserve that some of that fruit for the next thing you got to be pruned from. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Because what if like Joseph, Joseph got a dream. All right. Joseph got a dream. It was like uh, what Joseph told interpreted Pharaoh's dream. It was like, yo, man. Seven years of famine, seven years of, of fruiting fruit season is coming, but there's going to be seven years of famine. So God is saying, man, don't get so caught up in the stuff that you squander it and you have nothing for the next pruning phase. Let's keep going. Signs you're being pruned, signs you're being pruned is loss of possessions, loss of friends, family, influence, platforms, positions, jobs, affluence, relationships, opportunities for the sole purpose of increasing your ability to bear more fruit and to grow like you need to. Something, most of these things in our lives has to be removed so that we can steward ourselves, steward our lives. That's right, Natalie. You get to discover more of yourself. That's why God has to remove all that stuff because inside of all of us is the real us. But we've been fake for so long, we don't know how to be real. You know what I'm saying? So God has to strip all. See, what happened is we came in this world inherently evil, <laughs> evil. But even in the midst of that evil, God placed in us a personality. God placed inside of us everything we need. When I got this laptop, it had files already downloaded for me, for that for me. But 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 most of us, we download the wrong apps. Apps means application. 
Many of us, we go to the app store, the store of life, and we download the wrong apps, open ourselves up for viruses, right? But the goal of us is for us to come into this world and hopefully be born into a family that kind of helps guide you. But if that doesn't happen, of course, the Heavenly Father steps in. But we we have to be pruned off of that top layer stuff. Yeah, forgive your mom. I know she was crazy. Forgive your dad. He walked out and cool, whatever. They can cool. It happened. But you got to get over it. So that you can find your real self. And that's what pruning does so that you can see yourself the way God sees you. God's not the one blind about us. We're the one blind about ourselves. Let's keep going. Next points. It says the emotional effects of being pruned. This is what happens. This is what a lot of y'all may be going through. I've went through this. I went to I went through probably 95 percent of these points. I don't even remember half of them, but I I can kind of explain as I get there. But here are the emotional effects of being pruned. The greatest oper- the greatest opportunity for the enemy is to try to catch you when you're when you're unaware. That's what we talked about in the in the um, problem. It says many are falling into deep emotional and mental stress due to them not accurately interpreting their pruning seeds. So what happens when you're naive or immature and you're not aware of what's going on? You start going through these emotional effects. This is just this is actually just normal. It's normal. Like, like if you if, if I don't eat sugar for if you don't eat sugar for a period of time or you don't eat a certain type of food for a certain time, you're going to feel withdrawals in the beginning. You're going to be like, man, bro, you start licking your fingers and ain't no barbecue in there. You start licking, you looking for grease, looking for just looking for anything, you know, going in there shaking because you want your uh your lollipops and you want your candy. But but you're going to feel some emotional effects in the beginning because that is the weight. That's the that's the uh eels of idolatry. Idolatry, when you idolize something, when you stripped off that idol, there are some withdrawals. There are some emotional effects. But when you understand sanctification and you understand the pruning of God, the chastening of God, the training of God, developing of God, then you will say, "Okay, I'm going to sift through these emotions and keep myself focused. Let's get back to my points. I'm getting ahead of myself. This I love this text. It's one of my favorite chapters, man, to preach on. But the emotional effects of being pruned, uh, uh, fear. Anxiety, worry, suicidal thoughts, demonic temptations and torment, withdrawals, being mad at God, confusion, weariness, strong desires or lust, feeling vulnerable, wanting to retreat back into sin, etc. Disbelief, doubt, and more. You name it. If it's negative, you name it. That's what that's what it is. There are natural emotional effects of being pruned. But if you with this message, we all should become more aware that when these feelings occur, we'll say, God, I'm glad that I'm getting stripped off this because my idol was about to ruin me. But when you feel afraid, of course, you want to feel afraid when you getting pruned. Oh, man, you just walked out on me. Yeah, man, that's going to make you nervous or fearful. You know, uh, OK, you pruning me. You want me to start a ministry right now? You want me to lose, leave my job? You're going to be afraid. But that's being pruned. Anxiety, like worry, like anxiety and worry is one of those things where you like, man. OK, I mean, uh, uh, but the Bible says be anxious for nothing. You see what I'm saying? De- demonic temptation and torment. The enemy tries to come in and say, man, bump God, yo, God tripping, yo. You God don't love you. Why would God remove this? People always talk about that, and especially when they get so in flux with the prosperity gospel. 
When they get so caught up in the prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel removes what the word of God says about trials, tribulations, tests, pruning, chastening. Um, even some grace teachers teach like that, where they remove all these key components like chastening and pruning and different things like that. Because people don't want to go through that. They want to create their own graven image about God to a point to where they can, can continue to live this prosperous life, but don't have the love, joy, and the peace, right? And it's interesting, the people who are the most prosperous, who, who are caught up in the prosperity gospel, are not prosperous on the inside. And the people who preach the, or teach or follow these grace teachers, they don't even show the same amount of grace they advertise. It's because the, the gospel is partial. It's not balanced. And when you understand that you're going to be pruned, that you're going to be stripped, that 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 that, that these things happen, you're going to be anxious. But but you got on the word of God for yourself. Let's keep going. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. The, the, the demons will then creep in and try to infuse you to be like, God, I thought you was going to come through for me. God, they told me the preacher told me I'm if I pay, if I get him this money, I'm supposed to get a thousand dollars in two days. That's a scam. The whole prosperity message, it's a scam. But when you balance it, we talk any 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 doctrine can be perverted. Any doctrine can be perverted. It's it's the lust of men, the desires of men and women. They can anyone. You can talk the hellfire and brimstone people be talking crazy. The legalistic people be talking crazy. Presbyterians be talking crazy. Everybody be talking crazy because we got people in the mix, right? But but we got to understand that pruning is essential and necessary. So that we will understand when things are being stripped away from us outside of prudence, you know what I'm saying, within prudence or even with even without prudence, you just acting crazy out there. God going to be like, I, I, get out of there, get out of there, get him out of there. He tripping. Let's keep going. Withdrawals. You sitting, you sitting with your draws, wishing they was taken off. <laughs> You 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 over here like but but why are you stripping him away from me? And you sitting there with got your drawers on. Thank God you got your drawers on, man. Thank God that that you that you that you got your drawers. You with your drawers. You don't have to worry about out there uh, uh, doing your dirt. Let's keep going. Uh, withdrawals where he's like, man, I just I just I just want five more honey buns. I went through that. I was an emotional eater. I was I was an emotional eater. Like like I wanted to fill that hole in my heart with honey buns, bro. That's how bad it was. I would wake up two o'clock in the morning and drive to a 7-Eleven to get me that two for two twenty-two honey buns. And if, if the one by my house didn't have it, I would drive another five miles to the next 7-Eleven to see if they got it. And if they don't got it, I, it was crazy, bro. That's how crazy coach was. Keep on. Being mad at God. This was a this is a big one. A lot of us do this, yo. A lot of us do this. We be getting mad at God. That's why I tell people, be very careful what you do when you're mad at God. Because most people do their biggest sins when they're the most mad at God. Because like, you know, F God, bump God. I don't, God, you tripping. You ain't giving my car when I want it. You ain't giving my husband when I want it. Bump you. And you start wilding out. And the devil loves when you're mad at God. Because when you're mad at God, you start wilding with no reverence. You start wilding without no understanding. You start wilding without no common sense. And then God be like, I welcome you home, but you're still itching, though. You, you, God can be like, man, God can save you from any sin. But he doesn't always save you from the consequence of those sin. That's what I tell people. Be very careful when you go out there and be wilding out mad at God. You come back with some stuff and you like, God, heal me. God going to be like, man, you know what's your, you know, keep going. Confusion. 
What's going on, God, man? What's up? This Because because sometimes we get so comfortable in the season when God begins to prune us from that comfort place. We start we start we start getting a little bit confused. But I thought this how life was supposed to go. No, God knows how life's supposed to go. Weariness, because when you're in the midst of the pruning phase, you start overly working. You get weary in poor doing. Most of us are not weary in well doing. A lot of us are not weary in well doing. A lot of us are weary in poor doing. Don't look at your weariness like <laughs> he said, weary and well doing. You shall reap if you faint not, right? But a lot of people are weary because of poor doing. And what happens is when you're being pruned, you're starting to fight for those things again. I want it back. I'm going to work for it. Listen, you can't you can't capture what God removed. <laughs> That's why I tell people, don't chase what God removed. Let's keep going. Strong desires, man. I just we, all of a sudden you want him so badly. You want her so badly. You just want to do this so badly and God, God be so funny, yo. He'll make it where it is within, it is with, it is not, it will never be within arm's reach. He done, he done moved on so, he moved on so fast that he done got married. And you like, God's like, you never going to get with him. You never going to get him back. You never going to get her back. God will move things on for real. God will prune you to such a degree where you couldn't even get it if you tried. Ain't that ain't that a ain't he a good God, man? Feeling vulnerable because life was so common. You were so used to life and now you feel mad vulnerable. Like, what do I do now? Wanting to retreat back into sin. You're like, man, listen, I'm going back to Egypt. Bump this. We have you. Wow, God. Really, God? You're going to bring me to the Red Sea? Wow. Uh, or I'm tired of this manner. You eating for free. God over there got a cooking, cooking and flipping them off the grill down to y'all. Hey, flip, just flip them off the grill down into the children's division. Hey, man, I got this good manna. Give me that. Put a little meat between that bread. I'm going to teach y'all something called Chick-fil-A. Taste this. Taste this. God, what's this? It's good. I got something coming in about 4,000 years from now called Chick-fil-A. Eat that. Then they start complaining, talking about, I want to go back to Egypt. Let's keep going. All right. Wanting to retreat back into sin, etc. Disbelief, doubt, and more. Let's keep going for time's sake. Let me know in the chat box if y'all learning something. Let me know what y'all learned. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Let's keep going. All right. Exegetical time. Boom, 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 boom. My favorite part. Let's get into the text. Let's get into the word of God. Let me get it up real quick. Let's get into it. The Bible says, I am the vine. Oh, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am divine. He had to reiterate it. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. You are the branches. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whoever abides in me. Hold on. Where am I? At? Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. He or she. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's 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 G talk right there. God's like, listen, I, you could try if you want to, but you can't do nothing of eternal value without me. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. At, oh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove, so prove to who? Other people that you are what? My disciples. As the father has loved me, so so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Bless the reading of God's word. Here we go. All right. Let's get the text back open. I want y'all to follow me. I got my notes are not on my notes are uh, different than y'all's. So let me keep the tech. Let me know if y'all can see the text. Can y'all see it pretty good on y'all screen? My screen mass small. So please forgive me. Anyway, just get your Bibles, get your Bibles, get, get your Bibles on your phone, get your Bible. <clears throat> Hopefully you still got a, a, a handheld Bible. Um, get your Bible. And then we're going to break this text down. Okay. All right, so because I have a lot of points, I want to break down uh, uh, exegesis for those who understand who don't know. Exegesis is the ability, is the 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 opportunity for us to break down the word of God as it was written, not to twist it, not to bend it, but to let the word of God do do what it do. <clears throat> so, um, exegeting exegeting God's text is line by line, doing research, deep diving, asking the Holy Spirit to give clarity and insight. Except now, let's get to verse number one. Give me one second. Verse number one. Water break. Go ahead and like this video. Go ahead and share it. If you're new and you like it so far, go ahead and subscribe. Love to have you part of my family. Let's get into it. <clears throat> I am the true vine. Here we go. Verse number one. I am the true vine and my father is the vine. Just let's break that down. I love this. Jesus in here was saying, I am the true vine. Out as almost as if he was implying that there are other vines, right? There are other vines in life. <clears throat> But Jesus made it very clear. He says, I am the true vine. No other vine. Just like the Bible says when Jesus said, uh, um, find the rock, the rock. He said not a rock, but the rock. The rock means that this is the only rock you should build your life on. Um, this text is now implying that Jesus said, I am the true vine. He says, man, as if, as if he's implying there are a lot of false vines and there's a lot of false vines out there. Money is a false vine. Um, relationship is a false vine. Um, anything outside of Jesus is a false vine. Like, like, it, like you got to be very careful with false vines because false vines have contaminants. False vines uh, makes fruits genetically modified. So many people, <clears throat> that's why you can't measure a person by how big they look. You cannot measure a person by their size. You measure the person by the fruit on the inside. So what happens is because genetically modified fruit are always bigger than organic. I've been looking at them, them apples. I'm like, man, good gracious, the apple bigger than this apple over here. And organic, that's why I'm like, man, listen, because that's the portion that God wanted us to eat. The enemy wants us to look inflated, but not be uh, um, uh, 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 who we need to be. So the true vine, he says, you will always have the nutrients you need. You will always have what you need to sustain life. Jesus says Jesus is the true vine, not 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 a, a vine to choose from. No, he's the true vine. Any other vine ain't good for you. It says that there are other vines to be rooted in, but he is the true vine. There are always going to be other vines. 
But you got to constantly be at a place where you allow the Holy Spirit and check in with him. Yo, am I am I going too deep in this money thing? Am I slowly making this more important than God? God's here. And you had him number one for a while, but you got to always check in and be like, nah, player, go back down to where you're supposed to be. And you got to even check this. You got to even if you got God number one, you still got to check everything else on the list. Because if you have God number one, he'll order your list. But that's the benefit of knowing Jesus as the true vine. Let's keep going. The vine was a symbol in ancient Israel, and Jesus wanted to paint the picture that Israel is not your source. I am. Now, what does that mean? Back in ancient Israel, ancient Israel, the vine. That's why Jesus used storytelling and used imagery to capture the people, because probably where he was. Um, and where he was staying or where the crew was at, there was probably vines and berries and, and stuff all around, right? Or grapes. And he was like, man, I am the true vine. You see this? And even on the um, on some of the doors in Israel, on, whether it was the um, uh, 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 tabernacle or something, they had pictures of vines to prove that Israel is, is, is connected to the vine who was God. But Jesus was trying to say, y'all have been making your Israel your vine. He was like, I came to uh, to institute a new order. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the true vine. And the vine was a symbol of ancient Israel. And Jesus wanted to paint the picture that Israel is not your source. I am. The same goes with our Israels, our nations, our communities, our influences. Like God is saying, no, 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 I'm, Jesus is always implying, yo, I am the true vine. Don't trust that man. Don't trust that woman to be your source. Don't trust this career to be your source. Don't trust this opportunity to be your source. Don't do it. And we are prone by default human nature to make things divine, to make things that are just regular things and regular people divine. Anything you make uh, more, uh, you, you make more to you than God, man, that thing will destroy you. So Jesus was letting the crew know, look, man. I know y'all been taught by these fairies. I know y'all been taught to Israel. We, we, that's how we rock patriotism and, and caught up in your country, caught up in your community, caught up in your, 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 uh, your friends, caught up in your selfish ambitions, caught up in all these things. That's why I don't even get into politics like that. I'm not a political dude because people idolize on both sides. And I'm like, nobody, nobody really standing for Jesus right now. Everybody, everybody pro Trump, everybody pro Kamala and pro, uh, uh, uh all these different sides. <laughs> my bad, my bad, Biden pro Biden too. <laughs> You'll catch that down the road. You see what I'm saying? And but but nobody talk about Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So our thing is every season there are opportunities or where we're going to be tempted to say I'm going to lock up over here, Republican, Democrat. I'm going to lock up over here, and 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 oh, Presbyterians over here, bruh. And then oh, Kojics. You know we doing all these gang signs and denominations weren't even intended by God. The separation of the people because uh, you're stronger together than apart. Let's keep going. So the same goes with our Israels. You got to be able to say, man, you know, Jesus is my vine. Because when the pruning happens, you lose that job. What kind of emotion is going to flare up? Is joy going to flare up? Is uh, That's why the Bible says, count all joy when you meet various trials, when you meet them. Not when you're in the middle of them. <laughs> you got to have the joy when you meet them. Because you, if you don't have joy when you meet them, you're not going to have joy in the middle of that trial. So Jesus is saying, you got to already be in a place where my joy is in you, at the end of the text, my joy is in you. And it says, uh, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So that when you meet trials, the first thing you think is an opportunity to bear more fruit. An opportunity to bear more fruit. An opportunity to deepen my roots. An opportunity for me to be trained and prepped for the next phase. Let's keep going. The father is the vine dresser. 
The vine dresser is responsible for cultivating and managing the vine. God the Father was is the architect of this thing. That's why the Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. That's why he said, let us make man. All this happened before it happened. So when people be talking about, man, coach, deja vu, man, that's probably just, just time mixing with eternity and a glitch in this thing where you got a glimpse of the future and then you actually had the same shirt, the same shorts that you had when you had that vision or whatever. Everything has already happened. We are just walking in the midst of the plan of the triune Godhead. So the vine dresser is responsible for cultivating and managing the vine. Verse two, every branch in me, here we go, we're getting deep. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the word of God says he takes away. And every branch that does that does bear fruit, he prunes. So we'll keep, well, I'll get to, I'm going ahead of myself. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Let's get to my first point there. Your life is a branch and the whole purpose as a branch is to bear fruit that attests to the work of the vine. That's the whole part. Divine. You ever see, you know the word divine, 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 divine. The whole purpose as a branch is to bear fruit that attests to the vine. See, the vine is hidden. So when you, that's why you can't get caught up because we're ugly. We, we, we just branches. Oh, this is just nothing but a branch. So people would know if you're a healthy branch by how how your fruit blossom and how full of nutrients your fruit has and how reproductive your fruit is. Because in every fruit is a seed that produces of its kind. A genetically modified seed is going to always, always, always produce genetically modified fruit. So it don't once it's genetic. Once it's genetic modified genetically modified, it can never go back to organic again. But thank God that we have the vine in us, that we're able to bear ripe fruit that actually gives nutrients, that actually that when people eat from our ministries, eat from our business, eat from our advice, eat from our counsel, eat from our company, they receive nutrients. That's important. Your life is a branch and the whole purpose as a branch is to bear fruit that attest to the work of the vine. Yes, sir. I'm good, brother. I'm in here. I don't know if he's coming in. Give me one second, y'all. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back, y'all. Where was I at? Your life is a branch, and the whole purpose as a branch is to bear fruit that attests to the divine or divine. Let's keep going. Fruit is Christ's character. Every branch in me, okay, we'll get to that part. Fruit is Christ's character. So the goal for us is to produce the character of Christ, the character of God, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind that he wants us to bear his fruit, like, 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 like to bear his nature. Because when I'm telling you, when you bear the fruit of Christ, 
you're guaranteed favor no matter anywhere. Because when you work into the Lord, your work will always exceed the expectation of managers. That's why I be telling people, man, Egypt was racist. Egypt was racist against Joseph. The, the people that snatched Daniel hated Daniel's people, but they still found a way to the top. And that's what happens when you got that nature and you you master your skill and you walk excellent. Listen, that's why I don't get caught up in this whole victimization of blacks, man, because that's just not that's not me. I'm not I'm 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 a I'm a Christian first. Like, because I know that God is my provider. God is my protector. God will make me to have peace. will have my enemies be at peace with me. He'll make my enemies my footstool. When we have a victimized mentality, how can you really be successful? Right. So when you exude that Christ character, the white man will like you. The black man will like you. The yellow man will like you. Yellow woman. Everybody, everybody be like, man, it's not every, what I mean by like you. We're not talking about the world liking you. We're talking about people that want to have God is using to bring favor in your life. Let's keep going. Now, when it says every branch in me, every branch in me. So we talked about a branch. Your branch is you. You are the branch. Your body is a branch. Your, who you are is a branch. And, and notice that the vine is always hidden. Nobody, when they see a branch, they don't see the vine in it. That's why the fruit, the fruit doesn't correlate to the branch. The fruit correlates to the vine. So when I see a good fruit, that's a good vine in there. Now, when I see an abundance of fruit, and I see that that branch is strong to hold that fruit. I'm like, that's a strong branch. See, the goal for us is to be pruned so the nutrients can flow so that we can be strong enough to hold. Listen, you got to be a strong enough branch to hold a marriage. Do you know how heavy marriage is? Marriage, fellas, is heavy for a man. It's like it's heavy for a woman. But I'm not a woman. See? So what I'm saying is marriage is heavy. Ministry is heavy. Uh, uh, success is heavy. And if you want those big fruits, but you're a weak branch, your fruit will hang low. And what happens when it hang low? People can take it. But if you're strong enough branch and you can go high, you 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 strong. Then 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 your fruit will last. Your fruit will you, you can bear more fruit. Let's keep going. In me, here we go. In me, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Let's break that down. In me means those branches that looked that looked like they were of God, but weren't. There's a lot of people in the in the church, but not in the body. See what I'm saying? They're in the mix, but they're not in, uh, um, they're not legit. No roots means no fruit. So a dead branch, there are people who advertise to be Christians, but they're a dead branch. They have no vine in them. Anybody can do Christianese. Anybody can talk Christianese. Anybody can act and walk and talk like a Christian part-time. But but there's no such thing as a part-time Christian. And if even you're a part-time Christian, you're basically not a Christian. This is full-time, baby. See what I'm saying? Means those branches that look like they were of God but weren't. No roots means no fruit. First John 2.19 attested his family. It says they went out from us, meaning people who were not of God, but they were not of us. There's going to be a lot of people that go with you. They, they say the same thing and they started church when you started. They, they may have even, even invited you to church. They, they went out from, with, uh, from us, like, but they were not of us. So they was walking with you for a period of time, but they wasn't of God. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain they all are not of us. That text is heavy in of itself. Like they went out from us, but they were not of us. And we get stuck right there. 
oh, he's a Christian. No, no, no. Time proves fruit. A seed is planted and the next day there ain't no fruit. That's that's the that's the process of life. Just because a seed was planted doesn't mean you're gonna have fruit tomorrow. A farmer will tell you that. A fool goes out there in the field, plants a seed, and gets mad at God and gets mad that there ain't no fruit tomorrow. That's a fool. And it, it, that's a fool. But but a person of sense who's a farmer says it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some work. You just don't plant a seed and have fruit tomorrow. No. So people be like, oh, these, these, this is the body of Christ. No, it's not. So when people be talking about Christians and Christianists, you don't judge a faith by the people who vocalize the other faith. You judge a faith by the person who founded the faith and the people who are bearing the fruit of the faith. In me means those branches that looked like they were of God, but weren't. The verse says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, been, we're talking about this is who I am. I'm a new creature. If they have been of us, they would have continued. They would have continued with us, but they went out. They went out that it might become plain. And right now we are on the plains where God is about to make it plain. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares. We about to, the, the real, the real recognize the real. I know I can, I can tell a fake from a, uh, I wouldn't say a fake Christian. I can, I can tell the difference between a non-Christian, a babe Christian and a mature Christian. If I can, if I listen to you, look at you, uh, observe you long period enough, I can recognize. That's not me trying to judge a person like that person. No, it's just me looking at fruit. The Bible says we are supposed to judge. I'm going to do a video on we're supposed to judge a righteous judgment. People get so caught up when the Bible says judge not, but don't read the rest of the text. He says you got to remove the beam out of your eye so that you can accurately judge the person. You see what I'm saying? And why would the Bible say uh, uh, to ex you will know them by their fruit, examine their fruit, examining fruit, examination is judging. I'm examining to make a final judgment about something. So if you're out there wilding out and, and people call you out about it, that ain't that ain't that ain't no hate. That's just the truth. So all these Christian rappers and Christian musicians and Christian, Christian, Christian people who get mad when people call them out about stuff, they, they just want to stay comfortable in, in their compromise. But some of the things these people are doing is not biblical. It's not right. And so when people who have to guard sheep and guard people, kids and children from idolizing these individuals, they got to call them out. People be so stupid sometimes. That's why God's making it plain who's really in the vine and who's not. Let's keep going for time's sake. There's two meanings to take away. It says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. There's two types of definitions that I did research on that I've known for a while. It says either completely cut off due to point due to the point above. Basically, it wasn't enough God or to lift up so the branch could have another shot to grow. That's God's grace and mercy. Basically, what he's saying is that, that if there's any branches in me, um, he takes away and some in some uh uh, uh, text it says to lift up and in other areas it could be defined as to completely remove right so he takes away the vine dresser takes away we talk about the salvation process when we talk about in me we're not like in God like in Jesus like that we're talking about in the work of his spirit that's the vine the work of his spirit the Bible talks about Christ's spirit the Holy Spirit right right that is actually that people are in and, and are growing from right? So those are two meanings that when they take, he takes it away. Either he takes away because there's no fruit, get up out of here. All right, let's keep going. Dead wood and diseased branches. Let's talk about that. It says every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that he does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken. I think I'm going too far. Uh, oh yeah, right. 
uh, uh, um, dead wood and diseased branch. These kind of branches harbor disease and decay. These branches must be removed so that fruitful activity can continue. There are certain areas of our life that are diseased. There's areas of our mind that has a diseased worldview. There's areas in our emotions that have a diseased attachment to triggers. There's things in our body through stress and wear that makes our body cancerous and diseased. But when you change the way you view, when you repent of your sins, confess them and repent and, and receive Christ as your savior and really flow cooperatively. No, that's not even a word. You flow with God real, just real talk, right? Real, I'm just trying, now I'm going hood. I went from trying to use a big word to get hood. But I forgot what I'm saying. But, 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 but when you continue in it, that, that you will be able to, wow, okay. That diseased area is being healed now. Now I see women differently. Now I see you see men differently. Now you see marriage differently. Now you see singleness differently. Now you're able to see things because that diseased wood has been cut off. The Bible says it's better um, to cut off your eye, cut off what offends you, than to have all your members and bust hell wide open. So you got to look, what are dead and diseased branches in my life? Because one branch has branches. So that's why the, the, the prune person cuts off those disease branches. That that's because that's you that's what because cancer cells or disease trees, it takes nutrients from the other area, keeping the whole branch from being what it needs to be. Let's keep going. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. God is too good to leave us to ourselves. He's that good, y'all. God is too good to leave it to ourselves. A branch left to itself will produce a great deal of unproductive growth. If if God left us to ourselves, man, we'll be overgrown. Just do you ever went by a house and the Bible says, look at a person's house and it's overwhelmed with bushes and, 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 and you'll see a lazy person. Like, like if you if you don't tend a thing, it will overgrow. That's why when I have kids, I'm tending them because I don't want no stuff to overgrow. Bad attitudes overgrown, uh, uh, arrogance overgrown, insecurities overgrown. That's what happens when we're not tended. Thank God we got a vine dresser that tends the vine in us to make sure that nothing becomes over, overblown or overgrown. That's why God is too good to leave us to ourselves. It says a branch left to itself will produce a great deal of unproductive growth. You got a bunch of growth, but it's unproductive for the kingdom of God. You got a lot of money, but it ain't, it ain't doing nothing in eternity. What's the point about being overgrown here and have nothing growing in heaven for you? Nothing collecting interest, nothing, nothing growing. The Bible says lay up for yourself treasures, not on earth, but where moth and rust can destroy and with thieves can break in. And still he says, man, it's better to put it somewhere where those things can't touch. For maximum fruit, constant pruning is needed. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes to trim by cutting away dead and overgrown issues and areas of our life so that you can increase in fruit. And that's what happens in your singleness. People be rushing into marriage with single overgrowth, single overgrowth from singleness. Your lust is overblown and you can't even you can't even think about how to be faithful to your wife because that area is overblown in your life. This thing is deeper, man. It's deeper than just out here just being a creeper. You know what I'm saying? You got to be like, okay, God, I'm going to stay in my singleness, get rid of all this stuff here so that it won't overgrow in my marriage. Because if you don't allow God to tend you in your singleness, how are you going to let him tend you in your marriage? And your bush going to be all uneven. Everything's going to be overblown and you're going to be ineffective. Keep going. The word of God, let's talk about it. It says, uh, the other verse says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Christ was talking to his disciples. He's like, man, already I see the process working in you. 
I even see it because I'm here in bodily form. But it's going to work in it's going to work in y'all even more when I when my spirit is released to being you the Holy Spirit, capital HS. It says here the word of God is a natural with no need of helping cleaning agent. That's why that's why the devil wants to preach the twist scripture, because if you twist it, it won't work. If you let it be what it is, it'll do what it do. <laughs> if you, if, that's why the it, the devil's hired men, hired men. I think I got a video I can show y'all that y'all can look up and watch later. Let me see if I here we go. Signs of a false teacher and a false church. Very important video for you to watch. But but we we have to understand. That that these hired men who are devil worshipers, who don't care about God, who were hired to cause division, they twist it. Because if you twist something and you interject a demonic new age philosophy to it and that thing loses power when you add too much unnecessary thing, it dilutes the potency of it. And if people don't know what they're taking, they could be taking something that's being, being bad for them. Let's keep going. It says the word of God is a natural with no need of help cleaning agent. The word says, if you continue in my word, you will prove to be my disciples indeed. Let's keep going for time. I'm going long. Uh, verse four says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. A branch by itself with no vine ain't going to be no fruit. That's why the branch ain't nothing. You got to count yourself as nothing. And when you do that, you will find your somethingness, right? Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. He had to reiterate. Why? I'll tell you soon. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide by definition means to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place, to conform to, to accept without objection. Abiding says, I'm going to stay here because I found the truth. I'm going to abide in Christ. I, I, I found the truth. I'm going to rest without objection, without resistance. I'm going to continue in this place. I'm not going to deviate and try to elevate from or deviate from him. Let's keep going. It also means to conform to and to accept without objection. I accept. I don't. Any any, any of y'all object? Anything? No, we know you ain't going to object. We're we going to accept him. Let's keep going. It is impossible to have wine without the vine. We're talking about, you know, good wine like uh, uh, Martinelli's. It is impossible to have Martinelli's without the vine. Fruit without root. It's impossible to have fruit without the root or another word divine. It is impossible to have wine without the vine. It's impossible to have. See, see, not only do you produce fruit, but your fruit then produce other products that then of themselves are still full of nutrients. Because even if you get into um, um uh, mushed or powdered blueberries. Even the powdered blueberries still have the same nutrients as the blueberry, right? So what I'm saying is, no matter how you're distributed by God in purpose form, oh God, you're getting good here. It doesn't matter where you are in the arts or in business or in whatever. No matter if you ground up and 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 your your product is powder form or your product is is product form or is water form, whatever it is, whatever you do. Whatever you do for God, it will still have the nutrients that it did have on a tree. That no matter how it's being processed through sanctification, when it floods into other areas, like my books will still resemble the vine Jesus. As if like when you take it off the tree and you put it in the fridge, it still have the same nutrients as it did when it was on a tree. That's how you want your fruit. When people hear these messages, these are fruit. I want them to be able to say, yep, that came from Jesus. That came from the vine. That came from the vine. 
No matter if they, I, right now, this is this is still on the tree. This fruit is still on the tree because it's live. This video is live, so it means it's still hanging on the tree. But when I when this live is over, this this video is gonna fall off the branch because I'm going to go get my, get my nephew to basketball practice. That's why I can't do these videos later. My my nephew, I'm in his life. Yo, I'm tired. Yeah, I want to go to sleep. Yeah, I want to go sleep, but my nephew need me. My nephew want to go. My nephew want to go to practice. I'm gonna find a way to give him to practice. Just how it is. That means if I gotta adjust this to do it at 3:45. And it's just a 345. Now, if you want to go get hoop open run for a school that he had trying to play ball, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get him there. So I got to end this pretty soon so I can get him there at tone time. But um, what was I saying? Y'all in the comment section, let me know. What, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So when this thing hangs up, the Holy Spirit be back. There you go. It's on the vine right now. It's hanging on. The, but once this thing, once I stop this and end the broadcast, that thing is falling off the tree. Boom. It's, it's going it's going out there. And even though people you may be watching this right now, two years from now, two years from August the 20th, 2020, you may be watching this September 1st, 2022. But that thing still got the same nutrients from when it came off the tree. August 20th, 2020. That's how it's supposed to be. And no matter when the person bites from that thing. In its ability to be used in this time frame, it will still have its nutrients. Let me hurry up because I get him, get him to practice. All right. Uh, his reiteration is to remind him due to possible frustration. He says, I, in the verse five says, I am divine. He had to reiterate. Come on, y'all. I had to re, he had to reiterate. I'm, I'm real talk. I'm telling y'all, I'm divine. <laughs> Jesus, like, they're like, what? But you, I, you say you're divine, but, <clears throat> but Israel, then there's, there's you. You are you bigger than Israel, Jesus? All we've known to this set two and a half years of walking with you. It's Israel, Israel, Israel. That's our, that's our, that's our group. And Jesus is like, yo, no, no, I'm letting you. Know, I'm reiterating. I am the vine. And he's gonna do that to you. He's gonna reiterate. No, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Let me put you in your place. You, you're the branch. You ain't really nothing. <laughs> and let's keep reading. It says, whoever is a. Uh, 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 it says he had to reiterate because because it was a pretty hard saying what he said. He is as the branch cannot bear. He says, abide in me, and I in you. This is a mutual relationship. He's not saying just abide in me. Y'all come over. He said, no, let's, it's mutual. Let's go. Let's vibe. Let's work together. Come on. Let's vibe. Jesus like, yo, let's go. And you like, no, no, he says mutual. He says you and me and I and you. You can't separate the vine and the branch. You can't. The vine is in the branch. It is what it is. So he's going, quality and quantity of fruit differs, but fruit is inevitable to all those that abide. I want to make sure I put that there. That's why you can't compare fruit. Because you might not be, you may not, God may not intend it for you to be that kind of branch to bear a ministry. There's a lot of people that want to be pastors so bad, but they know how heavy a church is. Even I ain't foolish enough to want a church. <laughs> people been telling me that you're going to have a church for years and I ain't dumb enough because I don't want it. <laughs> Do you know how heavy a church is full of people? And people want you can't envy another person's branch load because it's the vine, it's the grace of God that gives them the ability to, to, to stand in the midst of that pressure. So your quality and quantity of fruit may be different than mine. You may have more capacity than me, but I can't envy your capacity. Let's keep going. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you because y'all together. Because when the Bible says they that delight themselves in the Lord, he can desire your heart. So whoever you delight in, 
that's the thing that that thing determines your desire. If you delight in women, women going to determine what you desire. If you delight in men, men will determine what you desire. If you delight in money, money will determine what you like desire. If you delight in food, food will determine what you desire. But if you delight in God, you will desire like God will. And that's why it says if you ask of anything, I got you because you're going to ask what I would have asked. You know, if I was in your situation right now, I would have asked the same thing because we're one. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples, to be his, to be my disciples. What are you proving, man? Are you proving you're his or are you proving you're the world? My last thing I'm going to say here, and I'm going to get into my how to trust the process. Are you winning or are you withering? Are you winning or are you withering? And don't don't get it twisted because winning to the world is actually withering. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. And all those things with its passions are passing away. So the world, there's a lot of people look like they're winning. You can't compare. you got to define winning by what the word of God says. Those in the word are winning. You can have you can have half of what other person has and the world would cheer them on. But heaven is cheering you on. Who? What audience do you want clapping for you? Do you want the earth to clap or do you want heaven to be like, let's go. Keep running. You doing the right thing, man. God, look at this mansion. It's God. Look, boy, if he can see his mansion right here on uh, 136 um, um, Heaven Lane. And all these people got big. I just want even nobody's big house down here. Have you seen my house in heaven? I haven't. But he says he built me mansions. Streets on gold. So why am I going to sit there and envy what the world defines as winning when that's withering? That's passing away. So that when you have that perspective, you will welcome pruning and say, all oh, that stuff passing away, man. I'm going to keep following following God. That's why I don't compare ministries. I know people, there's some of these people that are big now I went to school with. I don't even care no more. I don't care because a real recognized word, I think going to weather soon. If they don't get their minds right, let's keep going. Now, how to trust the process, T-R-U-S-T, how to trust the process. I haven't seen nobody comment in a while. Are y'all still there? Let me know if y'all still there. I haven't seen no comments. Let me see. Y'all there? I ain't seen no comments in like, yeah, yeah. I ain't seen no comments since four fifty five, and it's five eleven. Oh, okay, great, great. Oh, y'all listen. Okay, good. I just want to make sure my I'm not just talking and the screen froze. All right, how to trust the process? Thank y'all so much for rocking me. Seventy three people in an hour and twenty minutes. Man, we watch. We thank y'all. Okay, good, good, good. How to trust the process, how to trust the pruning process, because the pruning process sucks, but you can't have success without sucks. OK, so if it sucks, it's probably going to lead to your success. OK, hey, all anything worth having sucks, but you can't have success without sucks. Let's keep going. How to trust the process. T, thank God you are in the process. Oh, I am adopted into the family of God. Pruning is fruit that I'm a son of God. Pruning is fruit that you adore of God. If you start seeing that you losing things for God, for Christ's sake and for fruit's sake, rejoice. Thank God you thank God you are in the process. I'm thankful. 
It was good that I was afflicted. If I wasn't afflicted, I wouldn't know your statues, God. Like, like real talk, I thank God I'm in the process. I, I welcome pruning now because I'm being prepped for something. Oh, when things want to leave, I'd be like, do y'all want a goodie bag? <laughs> I'll see y'all. No, I won't see y'all. When, when he says they got to go, let them go. Thank God you're in the process because he's prepping you for something those people are not are going to hinder you from excelling in. Or rest in the work. Don't resist it. Rest in the work. Don't resist it. Welcome it. God, prune me, bro. I don't want to have overgrown lust in my marriage. Prune me, God. I don't want overblown emotions. Prune me, God. I don't want overblown greed and pride. And my kids are dysfunctional. And my family tree is diseased and toxic. And it's because of me. Generational curses have been passed down to my children. And now my children are weak branches. Can't barely hold anything. Prune me. When you single tell God, prune me, bro. I, I don't got no kids right now. And I'm thinking about my kids pruning because I don't want my son to follow in the steps that I did in sin. I don't want my daughter to even think about that. Her father loves these people out here on YouTube and people out here in the world more than I love my own daughter. That's why I'm getting out of here in five, 10 minutes to get my uh, my nephew there. I don't want my nephew to think that uh, that another man is, 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 is caught up in another plan versus his, my, his own family. It's deeper than just being about yourself. If my wife calls me right now and I'm five, if I was five minutes into the video, she says, I need, I'm off. If my nephew, my nephew, I text my nephew. I was like, my nephew texts me. Let me tell you what my nephew was like this. My, ne my nephew was like, uh, uh, let's see. My nephew was like, uh, did you want to go? Oh, he said, like, hey, this is Junior. Do you want to go to the op open gym? I knew I was like, oh, if you don't text me, we good. I'm going home, taking a nap. I said, I'm gonna leave it on him. If my nephew be like, you know, if he texts me, I said, we'll do it. He was like, hey, this is Junior. Do you want to go to the open gym? I said, did you want to go? <laughs> I said, come on, that was chess. We're playing chess right now. Did, do, did you want to go? He wrote, yes. I said, we got to go. Okay, I'll take it. Tomorrow's Friday. I'm straight. But you got to rest in the work. Don't resist it. Welcome it. Because it's setting you up for something. You take time to fully understand the importance of the process. You can't have the prize without a process. Everything worth having got some sucky stuff about it. You got to deepen your understanding. So you'd be like, oh, this is what God is doing. Okay. They really wasn't my friends. They really wasn't family. Even Jesus at one point was like, one disciple said, yo, Jesus, man, mom's out there. Mom won't talk to your brother out there. Jesus like, man, who's my mother? Who's my father, bro? They ain't no, at that point, they ain't really wasn't rocking what Jesus was doing. They wasn't rocking with him. And he was like, man, if you ain't rocking with me, we ain't family. That's how it is. If you ain't rocking with me, we ain't family. I don't care if we blood or water. If we, if you from another blood and from another blood, if you ain't rocking with me in Christ, we ain't about that life, bro. You got to deepen your understanding of the importance of the process. See? Oh, is it S? Oh, <clears throat> trust. T-R-U-S. Constantly sift through your emotions and settle your soul and mind and see the good from the process. Sift your emotions. <clears throat> Facts over feelings. Yes, you're going to feel, you're going to feel uh, fear, anxiety. It's, these are natural thoughts. I had suicidal thoughts at one point. Demonic temptations, withdrawals. <clears throat> Being mad at God, God over here, and I'm looking this way. I don't talk to you, God. I forget you, bro. But you got to sift through those emotions because if not, those emotions are going to have you succumb, and then you're going to try to exit, and then you're going to be like the prodigal son and bounce. 
And you got to see the good from the process. T, last one, I got to go. Track the progress of bearing fruit and thank God again for the process. Track the progress of bearing fruit. That's what That will help you be motivated the next time you're pruned. And you got to start this whole list again to a degree. You got to rejoice again. All right, God, you want to prove me? What, we, what, we, what, what What's up? What you want to do? Let's rock. We out. <clears throat> Love y'all, man. Make sure y'all go to um, uh, make sure y'all go to lifework.teachable.com. <clears throat> oh, to download this worksheet. Uh, the question is, how is God pruning you? Utilize this worksheet below to assess your pruning season and how you can better trust it. What kind of fruit do you want to bear? Uh, what needs to be pruned in your life? What is God pruning in your life right now? Are you helping or hurting the process? What emotions are you experiencing during um, this process? And I got a reflection sheet for you. And um, next week, we'll probably be talking about what's next week. Let me get my notes. Next week, we're going to be talking about. Uh, I don't got it up. Here we go. Next week, we're going to be talking about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How can we better fellowship with the Holy Spirit? So that's next week, next Thursday, 345 live Eastern Standard Time. If you're able, if you're not, you can always catch it later. What other stuff I got before I go? The whole, hey, get your book, The Purpose of Singleness. That's where this course was birthed from. Get this book. as a great resource, um, The Purpose of Singleness. And you can go to my website right now. Uh, let me see. Uh, get the website up real quick. Real quick. Go to my website right now, Iamunplug.com, where you can find out all different kind of things. Uh, if you want to search for worksheet, what up? Never mind. All right. So basically, you can learn about my wife and I kids mentoring program. If you want to support that, you can give towards that. The video's already played. His videos in the background. We got online courses. Uh, what else we got? Oh, there we go. Oh, I think I'm doing too much. Yep, doing too much. Okay. Oh, there we go. Am I doing too much? There we go. You can donate to give what I do here. I think I think my uh I don't want this to stall. Okay. Anyway, just go to my website. Uh, I am unplugged.com. And there you can get books, card games, uh, uh, resources, the Good Guys podcast, all that good stuff. Also, make sure you check out my niece's T-shirt. I'll go ahead and post that in the link. Um, my niece, you know, I'm a family man. My niece started her own clothing line, and her goal is to help support orphans and orphanages. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. I'm going to post it in the uh, chat box here, and um, you can support that there. I'll go ahead and post my website in there as well um, so you can get all the tools and resources you need to help you continue in your learning and your growing and um, all that good stuff. Uh, what else I got before I go? Um, other videos I did this week was this video right here, How to Have Peace of Mind. I had another video, but I didn't upload the um, did a video yesterday. Um, I think that's it, man. I love y'all. Peace.